I mean, that 100K is just awful. Like, there's just nothing. (laughs) There's just nothing good about it. You know, like, 5 p.m. start. Like, you know, I think, and, you know, people forget that, like, the first 8K before you even get to the first major climb, like, you've done a thousand feet of climbing already. Like, it sucks. Like, it's just awful. Welcome back, everybody, to the next episode. Today, we have Mike LaBelle, who is also the race director of the Finlayson Arm 100K that will be happening next week, so soon. Um, Coastline Endurance, I will link to all of that in the show notes where you can check out um, some photos of the course and all that stuff. Find him on Instagram as well at Coastline Endurance. Um, So it's Finlayson 100, 50, and 28K, and you get to hear all about the ridiculousness that is these races and how Mike came up with them. His story is super unique. He was such a fabulous runner and I knew that he was an avid runner. I did not quite understand how fast he was. And the coolest thing I thought about this interview was his maturity and ability to overcome the fact that expectations and pressure to run fast were kind of taking the fun out of races, but he still wanted to be involved in the community and show off his favorite trails and came up with this race. So I was nervous to run the race, but after chatting with him, I'm just so stoked to go out there and have a good time. Um, and I'm, I'm just so thankful that we got to have this conversation first. And he made me realize all of the reasons that we do trail running, which is just to be out there to do something hard Um, to toe the line and go, I might not finish this because it's totally fucked up what I'm about to do. (laughs) Um, Which is funny because I was talking to Katie who a different, um, who just ran 11 ultras in 11 days, but in a very flat territory. And she was saying, it's weird how the races up there have so much elevation and there's a lot of power hiking. Um, And yeah, it's weird, but it's a challenge in a different way. And it is such a crazy leg pain to go up and then down and it's in the north shore even we have these massive climbs so you kind of get into a zone this race is like up down 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 so you you never get settled in really you just keep getting punched in the face so um it's going to be such an epic day and like he says it starts at 5 p.m so you go through the night there's cougars there's bears there's all sorts of good stuff so um totally excited question mark um but Mike's story too was just he talked about anxiety talked about panic attacks racing running the community where he's at in his life now and I had so many things that he said that I wanted to dig more into that we didn't have time so we spoke for an hour and it felt like it was 10 minutes and it wasn't nearly enough so I think I totally need to do a follow-up with him to find out more about how he became wise beyond his years I'll leave it at that. You guys are going to love this episode. Again, check out the race. There'll be some pictures. Um, Cheer. Cheers on. Okay, bye. I'm here with the one and only Mike LaBelle. I'm super stoked to chat today. Thank you for taking the time on a Thursday afternoon and welcome to the show. Thank you. My pleasure. It's great to be here. So I should have told you too, I'm going to do a bigger intro on you after the show when I can screw it up and record by myself, but um, that's why that was short. So don't worry, you'll get your, you'll get your kudos. Sorry, no worries. <laughs> so you are the race director of the race that I'm doing in a couple of weeks. You are also a coach of Coastline Endurance Running, a runner, a, a biker I saw on Instagram, um, and a husband and I think a father, is that correct? Nope. No kids. No kids. Okay. Sorry. No, I'm that enough. One. I'm enough to, you know, <laughs> for my that's, wife. So that's totally fair. Did I see a picture of you with like a niece or a nephew? Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got three nieces and one nephew. And then we actually have, um, so my wife's brother, his wife is pregnant right now. So we have one more oh, fun. in the family. Yeah. Uncle's the best spot. Cause then you can be like, here you go. Yeah. I totally am teaching them all the bad habits, right? It's like, you know, here's some candy, don't tell your mom kind of type thing. Oh, that's so awesome. Get into your story. You have a pretty interesting story. I know there was, there's a video of you on the website too that I kind of got into and that's what made me want to want to interview you. Um, so you're 34 now. Let's start with when you were growing up. Were you a runner? Were you an athlete? And uh, general Mike life. 
Yeah, I mean, running kind of always seemed like the natural fit for me, you know. I mean, um, you know, in elementary school and high school, everybody does like the, the milk runs and, you know, track and field days and stuff like that. But I used to just love it. So um, I went to a, a middle school where we had a um, teacher there that was a professional triathlete and, you know, kind of kind of got more and more interested. And then I played other sports too. I, you know, played basketball and volleyball and uh, rugby and whatever else. Right. Uh, but it wasn't really until high school where I really, really got into it. And, um, my, uh, I guess I would have been in grade 10 at that time. Um, we had a really solid cross country team in high school and, uh, we ended up actually winning provincials, um, as a, as a team, which is, which is really cool. Cause, um, you know, like a Penticton where I grew up is, um, it's a bigger high school or was back then. It was about 1500 students, I think. Um, but, uh, it wasn't known for its, um, cross country running program. Um, we had, they had previously won like volleyball provincials for, for the men. And then I think like in the eighties, they had, I think they had won basketball or something. So they hadn't, you know, really done a lot of, um, you know, winning at a provincial level. Uh, you know, and so it was really neat to kind of do that. And that's what really kind of got me more and more interested in it. And then I, uh, I didn't really grow as much in high school. So, you know, I'm, I was like five foot eight and, uh, like 130 pounds and running was kind of just the natural, the natural sport that I kind of fell into. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I ran everything from, you know, 400 meter all the way up to 3000 meter. I ran steeplechase, um, yeah, so that was kind of high school. And then um, in university, I ran with the Vikes for a semester. Um, and this is what kind of really started my transition to trail running and ultra running was I just kind of fell out of love with um, that kind of need for speed. Um, you know, I wasn't so interested in running fast as I was, as you know, kind of going out and exploring. And I, I moved from Penticton to Victoria for school. So, you know, Victoria has like, millions of trails that you can go running on yeah i just kind of started running more trails and started running longer distances and i thought oh you know i think i'd like to go and run a half marathon and i had no idea what i was getting myself into and so i just kind of was like okay i'm gonna sign up for half marathon so i went home for um the summer and i signed up for the uh, i think it's called like the peach city half marathon and um i was like okay i'm gonna go drive the course so I can see how far it is. And I remember driving it and being like, I haven't even reached the turnaround yet. Like, this is insane how far this is. Like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And um, I remember that was my, it, when my last long run leading up to, that was my first real experience with chafing. Uh, I'd never experienced it before. And I experienced it in a big way. Um, so that was really savage and uncomfortable uh so and i was also running in cotton socks back then so um yeah so i learned a lot of things of what not to do and discovered body glide and you know technical running socks um so yeah so then i ran my first half marathon when i was i think it was 19 um and then that kind of built from there and then i was like okay i think i want to go and run another half marathon and um the, I think it was the second year of university, I actually came back to Penticton for the summer and ended up getting a job at the local running store there. And all the guys that worked there were like, you know, old school trail runners. Like, you know, one guy, uh, his name's Neil. I think he's the owner now. He, uh, he used to run in like sandals. They had these like trail running sandals and like, you know, he had pictures of him running like hundred Ks back in like the early nineties. And like, they were just this like group of guys that just like, love running trails and stuff. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like go check this out. And I said, okay, well, how long are we going to go for? We're going to go for like, you know, like an hour, hour and 15. They're like, no, no, no. We're going to go for like three hours. I was like, Oh, okay. That seems kind of savage, but all right, let's, let's go and let's go and do it. So yeah, we went out and I just loved it. You know, it was, um, it was just like such a cool kind of vibe. It was just kind of like, you know, I just go out there and run and, you know, it's more social and just like people are like super supportive. It wasn't all about the competitive nature of, you know, like, okay, I got to take like, you know, five seconds off my 3k time to qualify for nationals. It was just like, no, let's just like go for a run. And like, um, yeah, it was just like really, really cool. So, um, 
signed up for my first marathon um, just after that summer, but I ended up getting injured. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on some, uh, some 50 Ks uh, in the spring. So um, I actually ended up running my first 50 K before I ended up running my first marathon. And that was the uh, Elk Lake 50 K. And uh, that was my first experience with like crazy cramping. And uh, it was just such a weird experience because it's, um, you know, a lot of people kind of look at that race and go, oh, it's kind of boring. It's only five laps, but it's hard. Like if you want to go and like run a fast 50K and see like what your body can do, like go and run that race because it's it's hard. It's and- hard because it's like there's not a crazy amount of elevation, but it feels like there is for some reason. Like every time I run that 10K, I'm like, I'm going like a six minute kilometer. Like what is happening? And it feels but it should be flat. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's it's just punchy, right? It's just yeah. got all these little like hills in it that just like eat you alive. And like, you know, the first like three laps were like totally fine, right? And you're just like, okay, I'm cruising along, whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like every little hill is just like, this is stupid. You know, like why? Why is this here? Like this is dumb. I, this wasn't like here. It feels like you recreated Finlayson times a hundred. Yeah. That's like, that's how everyone <laughs> describes it. Why is this here? This is stupid. It just keeps yeah. punching me in the face. Finlayson is full of that, right? Like Finlayson is full of just like, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Um, and that's what I love. You know, that's what I loved about trail running. Cause it was just like, there's no need to be doing this. You know, did you feel like coming from a competitive kind of, like you said, the need for speed type stuff in cost country. And obviously you guys were um, winning stuff. Sometimes that burns people out and then they get into trails and, it's like so silly and the distances are so crazy that it's just for fun. But once you started to get your mind around some of these distances, did you start to feel pressure of having to perform in the trails as well? Yeah. That competitive part is something that still kind of, I don't want to say haunts me to this day, but it's still like something that I struggle with because, um, you know, as we get older, you know, things start to obviously your injury risk increases and, you know, like your body just doesn't, handle the training as well anymore and um but my mind still goes back to that you know young 20 something year old who says like oh yeah you can handle 100 mile weeks you you know with a job with a wife with a you know mortgage with all those things right and it's just like yeah it's unrealistic but my mind goes there right and that's what's really i think challenging sometimes is because that competitive part whether it's an external competitive part where I want to like beat people or an internal part where it's like, I have to be better than what I did, um, you know, last year, you know, and that's, what's really cool about trails because you know, you take like any, any 50 K or any hundred mile race is just like you change one simple factor, weather, uh, trail conditions, you know, and you could be faster by an hour you could be slower by an hour and really like that's what's cool is because you don't you can't go into these races with a lot of expectations like you certainly can race um but you know if you go and you be like i'm gonna run you know finless and arm in seven hours and it's just like well if it's really hot out you might not be able to run that fast you know because there are some parts of the race that are pretty exposed and the heat coming off those rocks can be really hot so there's all these different factors that I just, I just, I like that part, you know, it's just like, okay, you know, you just kind of have to leave your ego at the door. Totally. And I think that makes it fun from a competition standpoint too. Like I know that if I tow the line of a 10 K, I'm never going to win. Like <laughs> You could have the worst conditions ever and my body just won't go that fast. But if you do something like Finlayson where there's so many different variables, like you said, and you're just kind of battling it out the day, um, then you never know. Like it, brings more things into the sport, like the mental toughness and different kinds of strength that it, it's an, it becomes, becomes pretty interesting. So I get, I get it. I love it for that reason too. Yeah. It's more about solving problems, right? It's more about a journey, right? It's like, it's, it's, I remember like when you're running a marathon, like you kind of just like, you know, like I remember like training for Chicago and running Chicago and it was all about like, okay, find your pace threshold and just hold it. You know, or it's like, okay, like I want to run uh, two sub three hour marathon. So, okay. So I know my pace has to be this, it's 4.15 or whatever it is. And so I know I need to run slightly faster than that, um, you know, and it's just like, you can't do that in a trail race. Cause if you go and you say, well, I need to run this pace, like, okay, you throw in half a dozen hills or, 
you know, hot conditions or whatever else, like that's going to totally screw you up. And that's what I like about it because it's just like, you can't have any expectations. Yeah, totally. Um, which is a mental challenge in itself. I have, um, like we were chatting before the show, an athlete that I coach that's doing a race that's their first hundred K and trying to basically say like, yeah, you can have a goal time, but you also should have multiple goal times because you don't want to get halfway through that thing and think, Oh my God, I'm, I'm going to be 24 hours and then want to give up when like finishing that race is still such a huge accomplishment that you don't want to have the expectations like ruin your day and take the fun out of it basically. Yeah. And I mean, like it, it's so tough too, right? Cause if it's your first hundred K, you know, like you have no idea how your body's going to react, right? Like how your brain's going to react. Like, I mean, that hundred K is just awful. Like there's just nothing, <laughs> there's, just, there's just nothing good about it. You know, like 5 PM start, like, you know, I yeah. think, and you know, people forget that like the first 8k before you even get to the first major climb, like you've done a thousand feet of climbing already. Like it sucks. Like it's just awful. Um, I ran the 50 and I got halfway through it and I was just like, this guy's a dick. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get that a lot. And, uh, you know, it puts a bit of a smile on my face when people say that. Cause it's just like, yeah, you know, but like, why would you want to do something easy? You know? Totally right? Like, that's my kind of thing. It's like, I want, I don't want to do something easy because it takes, it takes the pride out of it. You know, like, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Like just seeing people when they come across, like in the hundred K they come, you know, to that 50 K station, the halfway point, And they just, you know, they look at you with this look like I'm don't make me go back out there for another loop. And it's just like, Nope, off you go. <laughs> like it's one in the loop. morning, like enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I think the the night portion actually makes it easier for people to swallow because it's like you can't really see what's going on around you. You just kind of are like, okay, I just got to focus on what's in front of me and go from there. And uh, but yeah, it's it's always I always enjoy. That's probably the piece I enjoy the most is you know the hundred k is being able to drive around to the different aid stations um, the Friday night and just seeing how people are doing and checking in on people and um, you know hearing whatever um, words of appreciation, we'll call it, that they have for me. Um, yeah, there's usually uh, usually some choice words I get I get told. But, you know, that's, that's part of the fun of being a race director, right, is you can kind of choose your own adventure that you want to send people on because, you know, like those trails, like when I was training, like those were the trails that I trained on, you know, and I was always like, these are savage. Like how come when I look on Strava – you know, I see like these guys in California running like, you know, 430 kilometer pace on trails. I can barely maintain like a seven minute K. Like how, how does that, how does this work? You know, totally. and then you look at the terrain and you look at, you know, a bunch of different factors, you know, like, oh yeah, that's because every step of this sucks. And, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, I don't know if you know Martha Grant, um, her and her husband Bruce I've known for a while actually they were um, I met them back I think it was 2007 um, at a race in Kelowna and um, she they moved to to the island uh, after living in the lower mainland for years and uh, I, I believe bo both of them are hard rock finishers and uh, Martha put it perfectly she's just like there is no unearned kilometers at Finlayson like every kilometer you have to earn and it's just like, yeah, that's exactly the point. Because if you go to that start line, you know you're going to finish. Um, where's the challenge? Like, it's kind of gone, right? Like, you know, like, I mean, and that's when it kind of gets into that kind of almost that competitive world of like, I'm going to do this for time, which is like, it's, it's fine to have that as a, as a goal. But my thing for me was always like, I want to know when I put my foot on that start line, like, this is going to be hard. And yeah. I got to work for it. Totally. I, well, you definitely accomplished that. And I want to get more into like the decision to have the race and do the race, but let's move back a little bit. Cause I kind of interrupted you there. You did your first 50 at, um, at Elk Lake, but you mentioned a few marathons and everything as well. So were you training for long distance road at that same time and going to school at this time? You're about young 20 ish. What did yeah, you I was all over the place. Like? Yeah, I was all <laughs> over the place. Uh, I didn't really, I just, I just loved running. I think that was literally what it was. And it was just like, yeah, I want to do a 50 K and I want to do a, uh, a road marathon. And I, I want to do, um, 
you know, this race and that race, you know, and I had all these ambitions and no money. So, you know, being typical broke college student. So yeah, I just stayed kind of as local as I could. So I did, um, uh, I did the Elk Lake 50. And then a month later I did uh, a race called the Scorch Soul uh, 50K that was up in Kelowna. And this is my claim to fame, actually. I don't know if you know this, but I actually beat Ellie Greenwood there. Um, so uh, that Shut was- a very I did, yeah. Um, I'll have I to did. poke Ellie for that. Yeah, so this was my one and only time that I ever beat Ellie. Now, this was also before, you know, she won Western States and stuff like that. So, you know, it's maybe she wasn't, uh, maybe this was a training race for her or, you know, uh, that it was her first long run of the day or something. She was saving herself <laughs> for her second long run of the day. I don't know, but, you know, I did beat her. So I'm just going to say. Hey, a win's a win, man. Just Win's a win. Yeah. Um, yeah, so after that, um I actually got my wisdom teeth out, my bottom teeth, wisdom teeth out. And then uh, it was like a couple of days later. And then a buddy of mine was like, Hey, do you want to go run this race called the Kusum climb up in the North end of the Island in Sayward? And I thought, sure. Like, you know, I looked at the, the thing. I was like, Oh, I could probably be really competitive. Anyways, that was um, a disaster on my part. Um, so uh, did not recover from getting my wisdom teeth pulled. Uh, was not recovered from the two fifty Ks that I ran and I went out way too hard and didn't realize that the 6K to climb like 5,500 feet or whatever it is um, took like an hour and 40 minutes. Um, it was like, that's a savage race too. Like there's like nothing fun about that either. And uh, it was like totally eye-opening, you know? And it was just like, you know, just like how, how races can be so different from each other, right? Like I'd just come off like winning a 50K two weeks before and then doing this race and just getting absolutely destroyed. And it's just like, okay. Ah. And then, you know, like a month after that, ran the Wada Fuca Trail and, you know, also, you know, was destroyed by that. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe I need to like, you know, take a step back and start looking at my training. So that's when I actually hired a coach for the first time was shortly after that. And um, I actually ran a marathon in between the Wada Fuca Trail and hiring a coach. And uh, that was also a disaster. Um, that was my second experience with like just insane cramping. Like, um, and of course, like, you know, with cramping, like cramp cramping is always a, a funny one to talk to my athletes about it. Cause a lot of them experience it at some point or another. And a lot of them think like, oh, I got to take lots of salt in, you know, you know, drink lots of Gatorade or take some salt pills or whatever. And, um, like with our diets here in North America, like, um, sodium related cramping is actually very uncommon it's most of the time it's actually a neurological issue that your body's experiencing usually due to your muscles being so fatigued that your nervous system and your muscles can't kind of correlate and so that basically the muscle just spasms and so in my case it was several muscles it was actually my whole uh left and right leg and i think it was also part of my like my ab muscles my adductors or whatever so that was a very fun experience so um in, in the marathon. So I actually PB'd in the half marathon in my marathon. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that tells you how well that went. Um, but yeah, that was my first, ex first real experience with a marathon. So I was like, well, this is stupid. I'm going to go back to the trails. So I hired a coach after that. And so I was working with a coach. Um, and did they look at everything you had done and been like, maybe a bit much here, buddy? Yeah, yeah, there were some uh, some conversations about um, training and uh, periodization and uh, putting in proper mileage, um, all <laughs> of which I wasn't doing. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of like you know like okay, you need to kind of like make some goals. You know, does this seem realistic? And putting things down on paper like really kind of opens your eyes to being like, okay, this seems a little unreasonable when you put them down. Like I was trying to like run like twenty races a year, and like I realized like that's totally not possible right like something's got to give right and usually it's your body you know like um your body's gonna be like i can't do this anymore you know and start shutting things down so i picked a few races um you know obviously being a broke university student i had to kind of stay local but um being a university student you have a lot more time you mm -hmm. know um to be able to get out and train so i was running doing big training weeks um you know most of my training weeks in university were over 100k uh, a week, um, which looking were you, part, were you a partier at all? 
I was, yeah, I definitely enjoyed. Uh, I was on the student loan drinking team, actually. Uh, so <laughs> towards the end of the semester, I would run out of money, so I would, I would drink less and just run more. Uh, and actually, I worked at a local running store too, so I was able to like, um, you know, get deals on running stuff. And uh, I was actually sponsored by Brooks back in the day as well, so uh, I managed to like kind of keep my running costs down. But yeah, I was a bit of a partier. Um, and uh, yeah, but I, I just asked because anybody that runs that much, I'm always like, that is just in a because that just means you have to have some long days, especially if it's in the trails on the yeah. type of terrain. So it's like you have to be pretty dedicated to be like. Like we, I played hockey at school and we had to go to the rink. So we did, but it's still, you're there for a couple hours practice and then some like strength training or whatever, but like a six or seven hour day in the trails or what have you is a totally different thing to be committed to. Yeah. I mean, I did a lot of runs hungover um, and that was also not a very pleasurable experience, but it was just kind of, you know, just at that stage in your life, right. Where it's just like, oh, I just want to go out and, you know, go to the pub with friends or whatever. And, you know, before you know it, you've had, you know, two pictures to yourself over the course of the night and you're just like, yeah. well, tomorrow's run's going to suck, but it's, it's on you're the really? plan. I got to go do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you get home and yeah, you just kind of suffer through it. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was, university was fun, right. It was just like a, it was a good balance of just, you know, um, you know, the social life and then also just the training as well. And, and uh, I, I loved the, the training part of it. You know, I, like I, not that anybody cared, but I mean, like I used to look at my training weeks and be like really, really proud of what I was accomplishing, you know, and being able to put my body through. And my coach, um, her name's uh, Noah, and uh, she just had these like ridiculous workouts for me. Like just, I look back on it now and I'm like, I'm surprised like I didn't, you know, get injured. Like, you know, like she made me do 15 by 1K on the track with 200 meters recovery um, one night. And she was just like, hey, that's your workout. I'm like, all right, so 15 by 1K, you know. And uh, back then it was just like, all right, I'm going to do this. And like, you know, I think my average pace was like 320, you know, per 1K. You Holy know, shit. It, yeah, it was just like, and then I remember like one time she's like, okay, we're going to do, you know, this was like two weeks before I ran a 50 mile. She was just like, okay, your workout tonight is two by 10K on the track and I want them all around 35 minutes. I was like, oh shit. And it's like, you know, 30 degrees out on a cement track up at Claremont High School in Victoria. And I was like, this is not going to be fun. And then of course you also have to count the laps too, which of course, you know, I, you know, halfway through the second one, I'm like, I don't even know what lap I'm on. <laughs> you know because you're just going like this is insane but you know like in terms of like preparation like yeah I was prepared you know like I had the training and um you know like there were a couple races like that year I was training for ultras and you know like I set pbs like everywhere you know and that was like when I realized okay having a coach makes a huge difference Mm-hmm. because like you have someone kind of watching you and you know being like okay are you following this plan and like you know I ran oh what was it uh yeah I did the stormy 50 miler which predates Squamish uh, so I ran that in 748 um so that was when Ellie beat me so that was the, she got her redemption that race um but yeah I was like okay well, I'll give her that one we're 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 one on one um, That's but then I ran. That's just really fast. I knew you were a good runner, but I didn't realize you were quite that fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that, this is back in my, you know, back in the day. Right. I mean, there, this was before, like, I mean, I used to go to races and I was the youngest person there by 10 years, you know, oh, for sure. No That's... 20 year olds there. That's the other part that's kind of blowing my mind is like, this is not a sport. Even now, when I talk to somebody who's like 19 or 20 and really into it, I'm like, that's very unique. It's a very unique thing to be interested in yeah it's 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 kind of well, the thing that i've found with ultra running especially trail running is it's almost like its own separate sport compared to like road running and uh track and field because it's just it's so different like it's i mean it's yes it's the same modality you're still running you know but it's just it appeals to different people it appeals to um kind of like a different like set of society like it's just so different you know like yeah i mean you see like the you know the the elite university milers and marathoners running western states and stuff like that but you know for the most part you don't see a lot of people who have like 
you know, professional triathlon background, like hopping into, um, you know, whatever local 50 K or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, they might go to some of the bigger name ones, but not, uh, you know, some of these other ones. So it's, totally. it's, it's just a, a different kind of sport, you know, which yeah, is, I've got roadrunner and friends that like, I can't convince to come for the trails because they can't fathom a 12 minute kilometer or something. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. so it just totally is a different sport and Ironman is, or triathlon, I think is closer to road running than trail running is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like tra- like a tough trail race where like, you're just out there by yourself. Just like, fuck me. I cannot take another step. And then like, what happens then? That's kind of the cool part of it. Yeah. Well, that's the cool thing about trail running is you really do have those kind of moments where you're like, yes. you know, like my first 50 K at Elk Lake, I, um, I was at one point, um, just, I remember looking over to this guy, I think his name was Glenn and I'm pretty sure like I was in tears going like, I need salt. Right. Like I, and I don't know why, you know, like I would just like have one of those moments, right. And you're just like, what the hell just happened? Right. Like, you know, and it's just like, yeah, it totally just like eats you alive. Um, but then you come on the other side and you're just like, this is amazing. Like, you know, like I'm having such a great time and it's just like, but Hey dude, hang on a second. Like 20 minutes ago, you were bawling, you know, on the side of the trail you know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. struggling to comprehend the meaning of life, you know, and yeah, it's, it's such a, it's such a weird sport, you know, like there's really no other way to put it. Totally. It's yeah, it's just weird, but it's awesome in that sense. But the other part, like going back to what you're saying before, we're going to move on from this, but I think it's important to note for people listening who want a challenge, um, like I get messages, I talk about how I'm not a great downhill runner and I get messages from people in parts of the States that are like, Oh, you just have to take like little steps, yada, yada. And I'm like, no, no, you just, there's a difference. The Pacific Northwest terrain is way different. And my coach is Australian too. And I don't know what he's running on over there, but it's the same thing where like, you're not going to get a trail kilometer in the fours. You're just not, I don't care how strong you are because it's technical, but it's also just like some of it's awkward. Like it's just bizarre, but um, I think that's what makes it weird. And that's what makes it cool. So other people, here's a race director that can vouch for when I say the terrain is super technical, when the borders open up, when worlds come, come try this race, Finlayson, we'll link to it in the, in the show notes. I think it's, it's one of the coolest races courses that I've ever run so far. So people got to come. Okay. Let's get back to you've done all these races or you have a coach, you have goals, you are training super hard. What were your goals? And I know you're not running much anymore. So talk us through kind of what the transition to running less and race directing looked like. Um, so yeah, it was, um, I think that kind of first fit, well, first and only 50 mile that I did, um, it was awesome. It was such a great experience. I like wanted to go back and do it more, but you know, obviously, you know, you get to kind of the end of your university days, right. And you're kind of scrambling to get courses done and, you know, a bunch of different things. So I didn't race, I didn't train and race as much uh, in my final year of university because I was just kind of scrambling to get things done. And, you know, and then of course you leave university and that was a huge transition um, you know, and I almost want to say it's a more of a huge transition than going from like high school to university, because like, you know, you're, you're leaving that kind of that whole world of education, right. And, and kind of having that structure of being in a educational institution. And so, you know, like I, um, kind of, I ran again, you know, and it was like, okay, I'm looking for a job. Right. And so that's when I actually started working at, uh, Lululemon here in Victoria and, um, you know, I was working there full time and I was trying to train for races, but I was having injury issues, um, you know, plantar fasciitis that they just, I just couldn't get under control. And, um, yeah, I'd signed up for Chuckanut. I, I think I signed up for Chuckanut like three or four times and just never was able to do it. Um, always injured. And, um, you know, I was working on my coach. I'm like, Hey, well, what can we do to like try and, you know, make things better? And it's just like, you know, I just hit that point where I was like, nothing's working, you know? And, um, 
I did lots of yoga when I was at Lululemon. Obviously, it's a you know back then it was very much um, yoga focused, and that seemed to help. But it was just having some recovery, you know, and letting the body just kind of heal itself was also I think a big part. Um, and then I got hired by the provincial government, and um, you know, you know, you work Monday through Friday, nine to five. Like, yeah, your your time. While you know it's great because you have all your time after work uh, to be able to go and and train. Like, you know, now you're starting to get a little bit older, and you need to you know start figuring your life out, so to speak. I'm still trying to figure my life out at 34, um, but that's when like you know um, I started training again. You know, was once I kind of was able to kind of get myself better into a better routine, and um, then that's when I uh, signed up for Chicago. Um, there was a group of us that, uh, wanted to kind of hit all the world majors. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do a marathon, you know, like start there, you know, I can get things under control. So got my plantar fasciitis under control, started training for the marathon. And I was like, this is, this is going to be what it is. Right. I had zero expectations going to, I definitely wanted to run under three hours. Like that was like a goal that I had. Um, so, you know, what I did is I just set my watch to, I think, whatever the pace is four twelve um you know on my watch so i knew okay if i have you know that's the average pace i'll know kind of you know where i'm sitting um in terms of hitting my goal and uh, i ended up running 256 um in chicago um which was awesome i was like super pumped about that because you know i'd come off of like basically two years of not really being able to run and uh, managed to throw together what i thought was a really really solid marathon um you know with like four months of training and then it kind of changed and was like, okay, now it's time to get back to the trails. Uh, so then I did like the Deception Pass 25K and um, did the Orcas Island 50K. And those two races, when I did the Rain Shadow races, that's really what got me interested in doing race directing. Cause I was just like, you know, cause I always thought like a race had to be this like big thing put on by a big company or whatever, right? Like had all the logistics and all that. And I realized it was like just talking to James, it was like, no, it's just, this is just a guy who just loved running and loved running trails. And he's just like, I want to show my trails off to everybody. So I was like, sweet. Okay. Um, sign me up. Like, you know, how do I get this going? So then I started kind of digging into it and was like, oh, this seems like a lot. I don't know if I can, if I can do this. Um, so then that got kind of put on the back burner. Um, but I was still training a lot. And, um, I actually ended up burning out really, really badly. Uh, I think that was like April, 2013. And, um, I remember it like really, really bad. I was doing a workout. I was feeling great. And then all of a sudden my whole body just stopped. And it was like one of those days where it just, you had a, like a mental block and it was just like, I just can't run right now. I just walked. I was like, I can't even like, if I want to go and run to catch the bus, I couldn't even do that right now. Like my body just stopped and I just had a mental block and it was, I don't know what's going on. So, you know, I said to my coach, I said, I don't know what's going on. Just feel funny. I just might need a day or two. And then completely lost all interest in running literally overnight. Um, you know, and, um, started having a lot of really weird health issues after that, you know, like I was falling asleep at my desk at work, like middle of the day, like literally could not keep my eyes open. Uh, I had really high blood pressure. Um, there was just a lot of kind of weird things happening and it just kind of couldn't be, really be explained. Um, and I was getting like crazy heart palpitations. Like I'd be sitting at my desk at work or sitting watching TV at home and I'd feel like someone was stabbing me in the chest and same thing went in to the doctor said I'm getting these pains like this is like insane you know like I'm not making this up and they're they do tests and whatever and be like no your heart's fine or you know your blood pressure yeah it's a little bit high but you know like it's it's not nothing that's abnormal um you know and then I started getting like weird like dizziness spells like I again same thing sit at my desk at work I'd be like typing up something and all of a sudden I just feel like the room was spinning on me or I feel like I was gonna faint or anything like that and same thing couldn't explain them you know they gave me like dizziness medication to try and manage it but just nothing they couldn't they couldn't figure it out what was going on and of course that creates that kind of mental roller coaster right where you start to feel like you're going crazy because you're just like 
clearly I'm experiencing this, um, you know, and these, these feelings and, you know, whatever, like they're real, but what the heck's going on? What the hell? Like, am I, you know, what's going on? Like, I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack, you know, like I'm, you know, I've got all these like symptoms and nobody can answer anything. So, um, that fall I was training for, um, another race. Yeah, no, I was actually, it was December 28th. Um, I was training for the Orcas Island 50k actually, and I was trying to kind of get things going and I was out for a trail run by myself, uh, out actually out on the course and, um, I was running along and I was feeling pretty good, you know, and I was, I was getting some kind of like weird symptoms. I used to get like these ocular migraines where like, basically like you kind of lose vision in your eyes, but I used to get those during that year was part of the symptoms I was getting. I just kind of was like, oh, I'll just ignore it. Um, you know, so kind of was running and, and whatever. And then, um, I got down to a part of the course and I meant to take a right to do this bypass trail, but I ended up going left. Um, and I got to this point and I realized, oh shoot, you know, I've gone the wrong way. And just like, I had this like fleeting thought for a second that I was lost. And, um, you know, just the next thing I remember was just this like sudden, like debilitating fear. And my whole left arm went numb. My chest felt like it was caving on itself. My vision, just like tunnel vision, you know, I was dizzy and whatever. And I was wearing a heart rate monitor at the time too. My heart rate like went through the roof and I just, I, I couldn't, like, I just having like these incredible chest pains and I thought, oh shit, I'm having a heart attack. Um, you know, and it was just like, you know, in my head I'm going like, you know, of course, you know, and they, this is where it's happening. So I managed to like get out somewhere to like be able to call 911 and I'm like, you know, looking at my watch, my heart rate's like 180 beats per minute, you know, and I'm walking and like, I'm terrified, right? Like I'm thinking I'm going to basically die here on the trail because you know like for months and months i've been thinking i was having cardiac issues and nobody could tell me anything happened now it's finally happening you know in a very remote location and uh, i managed to get myself out paramedics came and picked me up um you know they did all sorts of tests and stuff like that and the doctor finally said no you just had a massive anxiety attack or panic attack i thought no, I didn't have that. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, we see these are actually really calm. Like they're really, really common. I thought, well, you know, he's like, well, does it run your family? I said, well, yeah, you know, I remember growing up and my mom, you know, having some of these types of issues and, and whatever. And he's like, well, yeah. He's like, okay, so, you know, here's some, you know, medication and, you know, see what happens. And of course that didn't help at all um, because, you know, the thing that I've learned through my kind of, experience with all of this is i mean the medication helps like i take medication today um you know and it works it works wonders it took me a while to find one that worked really well but it's also too it's it's retraining your brain and it kind of relates to running in that sense where it's like you know if you're feeling really crappy in a race if you can like start focusing on things that make you start to feel better um that's going to go a long way and that's kind of the thing that i've learned you know through my experience is, is, you know, it's like trying to basically, okay, change the way you think. Um, cause I realized that a lot of this was built around stress built around, you know, um, coping mechanisms and things that I basically wasn't doing. And, um, that was a really terrifying experience for me to have that happen out in the trails and to be alone. And, you know, I just remember, you know, like walking and thinking like, you know, um, you know, like, like I don't want to die. And, you know, like it's, it's very, very traumatic like you know and then people will say well it's all in your head yes but the experience is very real um you know and yeah so that's essentially what happened there and um you know like yeah it took me probably a few years to kind of get my my feet kind of balanced but i decided i said okay you know i i need to do something to get myself out of this rut and i don't really want to run because running kind of um exacerbates that kind of anxiety because for me um you know a lot of people talk about running being therapeutic and for me it's actually i would say it's almost the opposite running can actually be a huge source of stress especially when my competitive nature comes in and for me a lot of times when i would run i would put a lot of expectations and a lot of pressure on myself um and it wasn't something that i found enjoyable and i had to kind of really look at it and say do i find this enjoyable is this healthy is this a good thing to be doing so um 
yeah, that kind of changed my perspective on my relationship with running. And so I was like, well, let's put on a race. Let's see what happens. You know, because I missed going for runs with my friends. That's a huge part of trail running. I missed, um, you know, just seeing people and like having a beer at the finish line or even just going for weekend long runs. And so threw together this race, uh, just put it up on ultra sign up and just thought, okay, we'll try it as like a fat ass race this year and see what happens. And, um, we had about like 35 people sign up and <laughs> I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. You know, 35 people. And so then, you know, we, uh, the next year after that, we, um, we started going through like the permit process and that was definitely an eye opening experience. Um, just, you know, like the hesitations on different councils and, you know, people like BC parks was, was amazing. They were like supportive from day one. They just, you know, we had to cover some things off. Um, you know, Highlands was really excited, you know, like, and CRD was the same way. And so we, we were able to get the permits, you know, secured, um, you know, for the, we called the 25 K back then I got a lot of flack cause it's actually 28 K. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of flack for that. Um, but it's, yeah. So we put together the race the first year and like, you know, we, I think we had like, you know, I think in total we had about 150 people and um, you know, I never expected it to grow to what it is today. Um, you know, it was always just like a way for people to just get together and just kind of celebrate, you know, their love for the sport and um you know, and, and have fun, you know, that was really what it was about. It was never about, you know, running a fast time. It was never about, you know, this race being a qualifier for worlds. It was always about, this is a labor of love for me and I love doing it. And I, you know, like I look back every year and I go, this is like my favorite weekend of the year. Um, it, it was always about that. It was never about, you know, what, whatever, you know, like financial gain or anything like that. And so, yeah, so like, and then I remember, I think it was this, it was the second official year. So I think it was 2016 was the year we sold the 28K out in like three days or something like that. And I was going, okay. Holy shit. I did not see that coming. Um, you know, so then we, we looked at changing the format um, so we could allow more people to run because uh, clearly it was attracting people. And, you know, people were coming from lower mainland and I made some good connections with, um, um, Shell Ford with the Fraser Street uh, Run Club group and said like, hey, do you guys want to come over and run the race? And she's like, yeah, you know, they brought like 20 some people from their club and, you know, they loved it. You know, they were like, this is insane, this race, you know, and it's just like, yeah, that's, that's the way we want it. <laughs> we want it to be tough. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of grown uh, into this massive thing. So like the first year I did it, uh, I did everything on my own and I actually had a, a buddy of mine, uh, Steve, he helped with, with a good chunk of the logistics and stuff like that and getting equipment. And I remember I did the volunteers, organizing the volunteers on my own. That was a big mistake um, because it was just way too much. And I'm Lori Heron approached me and she said like, Hey, do you need a hand with volunteers or anything? I said, absolutely. Um, for more than one reason, because one volunteers is, is a huge job and like, if you ever want to like thank the race director, go and thank the volunteer coordinator because they are like the unsung heroes of every race. Like you would not be able to have a race without the volunteer coordinator. And it's like such a tough, thankless job. And part of the reason why I picked Lori is because nobody can say no to Lori. So yeah, totally. <laughs> so it's like, okay, Lori, you're up. And so, yeah. And it's grown to like, so it grew, grew to three of us in like organizing committee. And now we have, I think, six of us um in the or six or seven of us in the organizing committee and you know um everybody plays like such a crucial role and you know like i look back going like how did we get here and it was just like it was just organic and it was just like the support of our community here in victoria like you know every year people are like super pumped to like run eight stations or super pumped to run the race and they just want to support the race and you know, when we were showing uh, the human powered race um, last, I guess it wouldn't have been last year because that would have been COVID, but the year before, um, you know, we talked about like what this race means to the community. And, and I've always maintained the attitude that this race is run by the community. I am, yes, I am the race director, you know, and technically it is my race, but 
the rate the community dictates how this race works and if this race isn't a reflection of the community then we don't have a race um and i've been really that's been like kind of like the the ethos of of the whole thing like you know if this race becomes such a kind of commercialized event that it doesn't really reflect our community then you know it doesn't it's not really a race anymore and that's you know the feedback that we got from a lot of people was that they they like that the finish line is you know um you know it, it kind of looks a little bit more rugged you know like we don't have like blow up arches which don't even get me started on because i hate them um <laughs> But, uh, you know, like we have like, you know, like a cool finish line area where it's just like, you know, we're just like, it's a big group campsite and people just like go and get their burger and beer when they finish and they go and sit down and watch other people finish. And, you know, like that's the, the, what we wanted to foster, you know, we wanted something that was memorable and like, you know, that people could walk away and be like every bit of that race experience was awesome. And that's our community. Our community here in Victoria is awesome. So we wanted something that reflected that. Well, you definitely nailed it. And like I said, I think I wrote to you in an email, like the more I learn about the race and talking to people, that's exactly what everyone says is that it is relentless and a challenge and it's not about going fast. It's just about, can you take your body across that terrain? Um, But then even with the amount of people signing up now, it still has that grassroots feel. um, And that you just continue to stay like so fun and humble and awesome um which is like amazing that everybody has that same feedback like usually you'd run into one person who's like oh this guy you know this guy fucked me around or whatever but everybody's so positive it's amazing um I do think like you said some huge things there that are so impressive to get to a point where you know that running adds too much anxiety to your life because of the expectations and the stress like that is a, such a common thing from people who played a high level of anything because it becomes your identity. So to be able to stay involved in the sport, but let go of your identity, meaning that you are the fastest guy out there, um, is pretty cool. It's hard to do that. Uh, and obviously to stay humble because I didn't even, people don't even like, I didn't, I know about you and I didn't know you were that fast. Um, it's such a crazy thing and it's a good lesson for people to learn, to hear. Yeah. I think what it is, is it's, it's, you kind of have to identify what your relationship is with running. And I mean, I, I'll be honest, every time I see a, a, you know, a running article that talks about running being therapy, I, I honestly want to scream because it's just, you know, it's, it's definitely therapeutic, right? For sure. Like, you know, like if you've had a stressful day at work or the family or whatever, you need to go and kind of burn some stress off a hundred percent. But, you know, like it's, it's also really stressful, you know, like, and I think people don't really differentiate that your body doesn't really know the difference when it comes to stress, like whether it's, you know, stress from work or stress from family, stress from your finances, like it's all stress on your body. So, you know, if you're stressed in multiple other parts of your life, like that's going to roll over into your running and that's going to affect your running, you know? And so, you know, if you go out for a run and you feel like garbage, well, yeah, that's, you know, that makes sense if you're feeling stressed in other parts of your life. So, you know, and then that creates more stress because then people are like, oh, I had a really bad run and whatever. And it's just like, okay, we need to change that relationship with running. Like it makes sense that you had a bad run, you know? And, um, I think that's part of the reason why I like this race so much is because I think it does change people's perspective on the sport. And um, I remember this, the first year we did the hundred K one of Lori's friends, Iris came. um, She's from, I think she's from Calgary and uh, she was there a couple days before and she was helping us set up some stuff. And I said to her, I said, I said, this race will change your life. You know, and I just kind of said it kind of cheeky, right? It's just like, Oh yeah, this race will change your life. And she kind of, she's got lots of experience, you know, and she came across that finish line and she looked at me and she said, you were right. I was like, well, what was I right about? Um, nobody tells me I'm right ever. Um, she's like, you said this was going to be life-changing and it definitely was. I was like, oh, okay. Um, that's pretty cool. So, you know, it's, it, it's learning to, to have that relationship with running that's healthy and that it's not, um, you know, it's your identity, right? Like, you know, a lot of people say, like, I'm a runner. And it's just like, but you're also, you're Hillary. I'm Mike. And, you know, like, that's who you are first, you know, like, um, it, it's, you do, yeah, you just don't want to get lost in that. 
No, like it's your expectations, right? And like for me, running was so, um, was a way to let off stress because if I was going to play a hockey game um, or even a baseball game, I was expected, or even a fight when I was fighting MMA, I was expected to be one of the best ones out there and I was expected to win. But I'm not a runner. I never was. So there was zero expectation. It was just like, well, what's this hilarious thing that I'm doing on the side that doesn't really matter? But now that I've run enough ultras, it starts to shift to be like, oh, you should know what you're doing now. And the should start coming in. And you should mm-hmm. be able to run this 100K because you do know what happens to your body. And it's like, ah, I just want to keep that like reckless abandonment of like having no idea what's about to happen. So it, you have to stay on top of it too to keep that relationship positive, I think. Yeah, and it's really easy to do it. Like I, I picked up mountain biking this year and the thing I love about it the most, I mean, it's so hard to begin with and I'm terrible at it. Like I'm I'm clumsy to begin with and so then you add a <laughs> bike in the mix, it's just, a you know, it's just not good. But, you know, the thing that I like about it is like every time I go out there, you know, I I'm learning something new and I'm kind of walking away from each ride being like, you know, I accomplished something, you know, and that was something that I hadn't experienced in a really long time. And I remember feeling that way when I started running ultras, you know, and, and, you know, was like, you know, like going and learning how to run downhill efficiently, you know, like if you can run downhill in the Pacific Northwest efficiently and fast, you can run downhill anywhere, you know, efficiently and fast. So it's like, you know, when you learn those kind of skills and you just kind of like, okay, this is another tool that I have in my toolkit, like, you know, it, it goes a long way, but it's, it, it's an interesting experience when you kind of relearn something, so to speak. Totally. Um, yeah, I could, I feel like I could just talk about, I need a whole other podcast with you to just like chat through the mental <laughs> stuff. You know what I need? I need you to be, I know you guys don't have crew and pacers, but you would be an excellent pacer because you could get into some deep conversations. Ask Matt Cecil sure. about that. Uh, I paced him <laughs> at the Zion 101 year and, um, yeah, we, uh, we had some, some good conversations, uh, you know, and just, you know, you know, and it was interesting too, right? Is like, you know, uh, Matt and I are really good friends and being able to know your the person that you're pacing, you know, and being like, okay, Matt, we're going to, you know, I, I didn't tell him what my plan was, but, you know, I knew what my plan was and it was just like, okay, he's hurting really bad right now. So I'm going to, you know, give him little like breaks here and there, right? So we'd run and I would hear him and he was making these like grunting noises. He kind of sounded like Shrek at one point, you know? And I said, okay, Matt, we're going to walk for like two minutes. And he'd be like, oh, okay, fine. No, but I was feeling really good. I was like, no, we're going to walk. And then we'd walk for two minutes. And I'm like, okay, Matt, you know, we're going to get running again, right? And then and I start hearing the grunting noises again. Okay, we're going to walk, you know? And like, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's a, yeah, I can talk forever about this sport and how cool it is. And, um, you know, there's part of me that does like miss running the ultras, but, you know, like it's, it's, there's different times of life, you know, I'm 34 years old. It's not to say that I might not start running ultras again when I'm 38. And that's something I tell my athletes too, you know, it's just like, what do you want to get out of your experience with training is, do you want to run a hundred miler tomorrow? Or do you want to be running hundred milers every year for the next 20 years? Totally. And you need to decide what you want because when ultra running really kind of exploded, I would say about five years ago, um, you know, you saw these people, they would come in and they would run from, probably at most two years and then they would drop off the face of the earth and you're like oh where's so-and-so and And it's just like oh yeah they're not running anymore and it's just like oh yeah because they ran you know 10 50 k's 450 milers and they did 100 miler and then they were spent you know like they were done you know and it's like yeah makes sense right it's like finding that longevity in the sport um, yeah i think is also a really important thing to to hammer home to people it is i find that with all my athletes too i get a lot that are like Oh yeah, I just started running and I won a 100 miler. It's like, okay. Do you find like with your athletes, like you're more holding them back than you are pushing them ahead? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like yeah. the biggest thing I've, I find with athletes is it's not necessarily that you need to like encourage them. It's that you need to be like, okay, it's great that you want to do all this stuff and you want to train like crazy, but you know, we need to do this in a very systematic way. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I want to run, you know, a five hour long run next week. Okay. But your longest run to date has been 30 minutes. So we should probably start there. <laughs> yeah. And trying to be like, listen, this has nothing to do with your capability of being able to do this. But if you want to be able to do this next year, then we really need to evaluate like doing this properly. Um, 
yeah, so that's a, a whole other, and then I've, I've definitely had people start comparing themselves and be like, well, I could do this last year before I was getting injured. Well, yeah. Cause you kind of get this like pretend time at the beginning when your body's like, Oh my God, I'm exercising. I feel amazing. Um, but that's kind of where I think you can get stuck thinking like, Oh yeah, I can do this forever. And I don't know if that made a whole lot of sense, but yeah, I call it placebo fitness. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like that first, like, especially if you've come off like a bit of a hiatus, that first three weeks, literally your body doesn't feel anything. And then everything starts to catch up, right? That, like, that's why you have recovery weeks, right? It's to allow your body to catch up the training yes. that you've been doing, right? It's not to really let your body, I mean, it is to let your body recover, but it's to let all that training that you've been doing catch up. Sink in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah people like, don't know that like, I'm like, when you rest, that's when you're getting stronger. So I know the rest days yeah. are hard, but that's the actual time that you're building back faster. It's not during the runs after. Yeah. The runs are only one piece, right? And that's like one of the things that I, you know, I think, um, you know, I try to really hammer home to my athletes. And it's like, you have to look at your whole week. Don't look at just your long runs. Cause a lot of people focus in and be like, Oh, I'm only doing a four hour long run. It's like, yeah, but you did 10 hours of training this week. You know, like you did a ton of mileage. Like, yeah. You and, yeah. And you went to work and you took care of your kids. You took care of your dog and you dealt with whatever else. Right. Like you were saying, like stress is stress is stress. Kind of end yeah. of story. Yeah. It, um, it, it all factors in. I, I feel like, like I said, like maybe I need to, maybe I'll interview you after the race when I haven't slept for however many hours. Um, <laughs> see how Absolutely. You can hear, <laughs> you can hear me with no filter at two o'clock in the morning. Yes. Oh, that'd be amazing. Um, the last thing I want to say is just, I know like Brittany, mutual friend, she's been on the podcast. I think she was one of three women who ran the hundred like a few short years ago. And um, by the looks of it, I think there are over... Um, over 30, if you include the women doing both the hundred K and the double and just the hundred K of women alone. So that is just amazing to, to see. So, um, yeah, congrats on that. And I feel like, especially just having women take part, you know, I know the men's side is growing too, but that's a huge amount. So that's pretty Yeah. Cool. It's, you know, um, a couple of years ago we had Katrina that won the hundred K, uh, outright, you know, she came first overall. And, uh, you know, it was really exciting to see that, you know, because she's a ex-professional cyclist and, um, you know, like it, it, gone are the days of men winning outright, you know, like, especially in these ultras, right. It's just like, no, like it's a pretty equal playing field now. Like we got some pretty incredible female athletes that come to these races and, and, you know, give the boys a run for the money. And it's, it's cool to see, um, you know, like that kind of equality in the sport and, I know I would love to see more equality in the sport. And I actually had a guy email me um, a couple of weeks ago asking about, you know, um, are we able to have non-binary categories? Um, and I had actually never thought about that before. And I need to do some more research on that. And um, because it, it is, you know, we want to be inclusive. And, um, you know, I definitely ask, um, you know, the, the, the women on my uh, organizing committee, I said, what can we do to make this, more equal and it's like tampons at aid stations was the thing that came up and like from a guy's perspective like i had never even thought of that you know and i said like perfect yeah done what else can we do you know and we want to make it as inclusive as possible we don't want to have um you know it to be something that's so because like, that stuff's easy to do right like it's not hard um so what can we do to make it more inclusive um, and that's really, you know, cause we want this to be a, a big celebration, you know, and not, uh, a private party or, you know, something like that. Totally. Oh, that's so cool. Well, you're very, you're very wise beyond your years, but you keep referring to yourself as kind of old at 34. So as a 35 year old <laughs> sitting over here, I'm like, shut up, dude. <laughs> but you see, you do, you are an old soul for sure. You are. Yeah. Um, I, I got to wrap this up because I have to pick up my child in eight minutes and they're going to be pretty mad if I'm, if I'm not there, but thank you so much. This has been so awesome. I'm going to try and get this out before the race. Um, crossing all my fingers and toes that the race gets to happen safely. Yes. Yeah. The Vancouver triathlon just canceled the run part of their triathlon. As yeah. Well. We're, we're going ahead. We've got, I think the right, you know, COVID measures in place to keep everybody safe and, it's going to look different for sure. You know, it's not going to be as, um, as open and as, as, you know, kind of celebratory as we'd like to be, but you know what, I think just having a race to begin with is, is pretty exciting. You know, it's been a long, long year and a bit. 
It has. Well, that's good. I'm so glad. Um, and as you said that, I got a notification that my back-ordered headlamp is on its way. So all things are Beautiful. happening. <laughs> what are you getting for a headlamp? That, oh, what do you, how do you, with the K, the Koguala, it's like a, oh, uh, you know the one. I know what you're talking about. I don't know how to pronounce it. Hold on. Let me, yeah, Kogala. Oh, okay. Um, oh, like, you're going to need it. Yeah, I know. It gets dark in those trails. <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. All right, Mike. You've probably seen the photos too from the sunset too on Jocelyn Hill. So you'll be treated totally. to a pretty nice sunset. So Oh, it's going to be so epic. I'm so excited. So just keep um, keep the rain away, the cougars away, the bears away, and yeah, I'll be happy. That's all you have to do. Perfect. Okay. All right. Thanks. Have a great afternoon. Yeah, you too. We'll talk to you later. Bye.